Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 44, Community. Yesterday was the annual Greyhound picnic. Since we got Priest in 2008, and even after we lost him a couple of months after the 2010 picnic, it's an annual event that only a really significant birthday party can make us miss. Mike will take time off of work because he has to sell the 50-50 tickets, darn it. And he'll even get up early to make sure that we arrive in good time so that he can get the ticket sales supplies ready to his satisfaction. This was also my third or fourth year helping out with the live auction, where we raised almost $5,000 to help hounds find forever homes. It's a long day, a tiring day, and since we lost Priest, a bittersweet day. But there's never any question of attending. Even though we will most likely never own another greyhound, we're still part of that community, and we support it in the ways that we can. As we walked around the picnic and said hello to the people we knew and scratched the ears of any hounds that figured us for easy marks, it occurred to me that there were many, many new faces at the picnic. There were a lot of people there that had never met Priest, never even heard of him or had any idea who we were and what we were doing there, but there was just an easy assumption that we belonged there. There was acceptance and no questions asked about us or where our dog was or even questions about why we didn't have another from the people we knew. I spent a good part of the day sitting and knitting, chatting with the people around me, and then scoping out the vendors and auction items for treats for our new doggy niece, and never felt like I was on the outside. It reminded me a lot of Fiber Week, to be honest, and the first time I ever went to a knitting group in Edmonton. There's a something, even if it's just an interest in something, that brings people of all kinds of disparate backgrounds, temperaments, and opinions together people who otherwise might not normally associate with one another, and forms a community. Communities can form around just about anything. I've also been part of the fencing community, which was another that was tightly knit, if a little bit more on the competitive side for obvious reasons. But there have been other times where I've tried to join a community and found it difficult. I only spent a year attending the speculative fiction writing group in Calgary, I don't honestly remember why I stopped going, but clearly it wasn't the community for me. I used to cross-stitch exclusively and made some connections with other stitchers in Calgary through a designer's web forum, but there didn't seem to be the same sort of community in that craft as there is in knitting. I have done church many, many years ago, but the shift in my belief system in university and the demographics of the congregation started to make it a little uncomfortable, and eventually the pressures of post-secondary studies gave me the opportunity to disengage. Of all the communities I've been in over my life, the ones with staying power have been fiber arts and greyhounds. While I'm sure that there are people who fall out of these communities, it seems to me that once they get their hooks into you, they're just not as inclined to let you go as any other that I've been in. Once a greyhound owner, always a greyhound owner, for example. I was part of the fencing community for about a decade, but if I hadn't taken the job of running the fencing association in Alberta just after I'd had to quit actually fencing, it would have let me go without a whimper. As it was, 
After I'd left the AFA, I found myself very much on the periphery of the community, which was okay with me at the time. I'd made some good, good friends in the community, and I do miss them, but our lives move in different circles now. And yet, there are people who come to Fiber Week only to sit and spin in the atrium, and those who come just to take in the merchant mall, and who are just as welcome and just as integral to the community as those who take all the classes. There are people that I see maybe once a year when they come to one of my knitting groups, but we pick up where we left off. There are people who come to knitting groups that have huge differences of opinion and experience from me, but we still have a respectful relationship despite those differences. There are people who come to greyhound picnics, even if they haven't actually owned a greyhound in almost four years, and are just as welcome and whose help with the event is just as counted on as those who continue adopting. Communities are funny things. You never know what interest or life event will bring you into your next community or what it will be like or how long it will last. It might be the ones that you least expect, like the decision to get a dog or an interest in what you can do with string that make a huge impact on your life. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. Well, we're two sleeps away from taking possession of our new house. And I have no idea how much homework I'm going to manage to get done in the next two weeks. Uh, It really, a lot of it depends on A, how much we're able to get unpacked. Although we do have a lot of help, which is awesome. And B, how, how much energy I have after we're done unpacking for the day because there's still a bit to do but uh, I've taken all of the next two weeks off except for Monday which is tomorrow so I'm hoping that you know in the second week we'll be at a point where I can actually split my time between my homework and the unpacking but that said the last couple of weeks have been really, really good for the homework. So good, in fact, that I am feeling much, much better than I was last episode about my chances of actually getting through level three. So what have I done? I successfully spun a one twist per inch yarn. I successfully spun a four twists per inch yarn. They both balanced. It's amazing. I successfully spun a woolen three ply. Uh, which was a little tighter than perhaps it should be. The hand is is quite uh, quite coarse, but it's a really nice sweater. It's kind of the yarn I wish I would have spun for my level two final project, but I didn't. So I'm happy with it, and it looks pretty good. I also successfully spun a wool silk blend at eight twists per inch, exactly at eight twists per inch, and it's beautiful. And I'm thinking of using it in three places in my workbook, but I'll get to that. And I spun a heavyweight plied silk yarn, which is a little looser spun than I would possibly like for a sweater, but it's good enough. And hopefully I will be able to get a three inch swatch out of six extra yards because I only have 16 yards of it. So overall... That's pretty good. I, I've checked against my final list, and I only have nine spots left to fill, 
possibly eight. Again, with the um, the wool silk blend being exactly eight twists per inch, I think I have enough because I used it in both spots in the workbook where I needed a wool silk blend. This is another thing that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. There's two spots in the workbook where you need a wool silk blend. That's all it asks for. Doesn't ask for anything else, just a wool silk blend. So I emailed Marg and I said, can I use the same wool silk blend in each of in these two spots? And she said, well, I don't see why not. So I totally did. Now I'm wondering if I shouldn't just, if I, because it is eight twists per inch. So if I put that in the eight twists per inch slot, I can move the silk yarn that's there right now down into the two ply silk. And then I only have eight skeins left to spin and my final project. Which is pretty good for the beginning of September. It gives me two months to do that. And, well, and move. Okay, so I'm, I can't really slack off at this point, obviously. But, but I'm still doing okay. So I'm actually feeling really good about it. Next up on the list, as soon as the podcast is posted tonight, I'm going to try to spin silk at 12 twists per inch. See how that goes. And if that goes okay, then I... Because I still need to spin the 12 twists per inch skein. If that goes okay then I may use that in my two-ply silk as well. I may still switch it around. I, I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to see. But overall, like there's the ones that are left to do, unfortunately, are some of the ones I've been having trouble with. Cotton. I've still got a couple of cotton skeins to spin. I have to spin for a baby outfit, I have to spin a two-ply, and I have to spin cotton for warp. I also have to do the tackly one. I can do that off and on in breaks. Heck, I could do that while the movers are bringing all my stuff in and telling them where to go, because all I have to do is find a spot like to plant myself and spin on a tackly. That I can do well on Wednesday when the movers are bringing everything in. But uh, there's still some pro- some cotton to do. I have to do the 12 TPI, as I said, and I have to do a two-ply silk if I don't move things around. Then I have to do my reproductions, which is the two-ply and three-ply commercial reproductions, and I'm waiting on that until I actually have, you know, full days to sit down and and focus on it. I I did, with the silk, um, the silk for sweater, I did try to recreate uh, a commercial, well, halfway's commercial uh, silk, thick silk yarn. And I did okay. It's not as thick as it should be. And so therefore it's a, it's a little softer, but I understand the concept. So I should be able to apply that to the other reproductions. And then it's just the final project. I was really happy with the wool silk blend. So happy that I'm thinking of doing that for my warp in my final project. So we'll have to see what comes of that. I still have to think about, you know, or or plan out my final project. If I do the wool silk blend, then I can dye both the warp and the weft, and I don't need to struggle with spinning cotton. I only have to spin enough cotton for warp for, for the workbook. And then I could also use the, um, the wool silk blend. I could size that uh, at the same time as I'm sizing the cotton for warp. And, and then we're good to go. All needs to do is once it's done is get it washed. So, oh, and I have to do a wool blend. Again, these aren't difficult skeins. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. I'm certainly feeling a lot better than I was last episode. And yeah. But like I said, T minus two days. 
next week is going to be very busy. But uh, but I can't wait to get my spinning room set up and actually be able to have the space to work on all my fiber stuff. And I'm sure you can't wait to see pictures of the Fibertorium either. So that is where I'm at with the homework. Feeling really good about it. And uh, I have no idea what I'm going to be able to tell you next episode, but hopefully I'll be able to tell you something. Fiber Notes. So you remember last time I said I had a couple shawls in the various stages of beginning and nowhere near finishing? Yeah, I made it to the knit-on border of Star Maiden the last couple weeks. And I'm probably a third of the way through it already. So apparently Star Maiden was a little further along than I thought, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, there's no way it's going to be finished before we move into the new house, but... On the other hand, I mean, after I'm done spinning my cotton on the tackly, I got nothing else to do while the movers are bringing stuff in, but, you know, knit on the border, and I've already got the pattern memorized, so I don't even need the pattern, and, well, except for the center part. Anyway, maybe by the time the movers are done, I might have a shawl off the needles, which would be a little crazy, but I'll take it. It's a really, really lovely shawl. The, the pattern is quite easy, um, but but very effective. And the the switch in color, I'm not very good with color, and I need to learn to be better. Like, I need to take a course in color theory, or or I think there's a book like Color and Spinning, which goes into a lot of color theory that I should really probably just spend six months reading. But um, I haven't done that yet. Anyway, so the switch from the blue to the yellow kind of freaked me out a little bit. So I left the blue attached until I finished two repeats of the yellow. And then I decided, you know what, it it actually does look good. I should really just trust the dyer because she obviously knows what she's doing. But it looks lovely. And, uh, and I think it'll be really nice. It's going to block out amazing, mostly because right now it doesn't look very good. Uh, But blocking is magic, of course. So, hey, by the time I get all my blocking stuff back, and maybe actually have room to put it down, I might actually have a shawl to block. So, so that was good. That was good. I, uh, had a really rough week the week after the last episode. It just, overall, things were going a little crazy with the house and, and things. And, and there, there was a day where I went downstairs after work and, and was telling Mike everything that had gone wrong that day and just burst into tears. And and then said to him, And Jan brought me the nitpicks catalog today, and all I want to do is buy yarn. <laughs> so, I didn't. I didn't buy yarn that day. But um, on Labor Day, I went out to the first ever pop-up for Flannelberry Creek, uh, which is an online store, now under new management, uh, it was owned by a friend of mine. Now it's owned by another friend of mine. So it's awesome. Anyway, I went down there because you want to support your local businesses. And and uh, I hadn't seen Andrea since Fiber Week, so I wanted to catch up. And uh, she had some amazing stuff. So naturally, I I did my retail therapy there. And I got I got a really so a few really interesting things. She had a little bag of Tunis roving, which I've wanted to play around with 
and it seems to be a longer staple length than the tunis that the raw tunis that I have from my level one homework. Some some dyed silk fiber for mixing into bats or spinning on its own, which will be lovely. A few little odds and ends, and then a really lovely skein from Darn Good Yarn, and this is the skein of silk yarn that I attempted to recreate for my sweater, uh, sweater yarn. Um, but it's uh, three and a half stitches per inch, 89 yards, 100 grams of dyed, thick dyed silk. And it's in oranges and greens. And all I want to do is knit a cowl out of it because fall is so totally here right now. And a silk cowl knit out of bulky yarn is really the thing really the thing. So this will be my welcome to the new house project. I just have to find an appropriate uh, pattern to go with three and a half stitches per inch uh, and 89 yards of silk yarn. So, so yeah, so the darn good yarn. Um, they also did the silk fiber for spinning that I got and it's, it's a fair trade thing. And, and Andrea's got quite a bit of it. It's a, an interesting story. So I haven't knit anything with it yet. I haven't spun the fiber, um, but I will let you know what I think of it when I do. So that's all. Oh, that's basically it for fiber notes. Like I said, I've been working on Star Maiden, pretty close to getting that done, and I need to find a cowl pattern. So I will be doing that in my spare time over the next few days. <music> By the wayside. I missed a Saturday night. Uh, yesterday after the Greyhound picnic, once we got home, I almost fell asleep on the couch. So that was not so good for working on the tapestry. But uh, but maybe today, you know, as I'm cooking dinner or or you know, if I if I get done the skein that I want to spin for homework, I can sit down and do a little bit more on the tapestry. But last Saturday, last Saturday was really good. And I finished the tree on the, uh, on the one side. And I also finished one of the uh, dividers on that corner of the border as well. So all I have left right now is the bottom border, a couple of dividers, the two scenes, uh, the one with the boar and the one with the bird. And then it's done. The tapestry is done. So it's not as far as I'd want it to be at this point. But uh, I was talking about it with my mom today. And I think chances are really high, depending depending on how the move goes. Depending on how the move goes. Chances are pretty high that I can have it done by Thanksgiving. And my whole family comes up here for Thanksgiving. So I could potentially be giving Nathan the tapestry in six weeks. Maybe. I mean, I'm not going to swear to it, obviously. I am moving. That's crazy. I'm also trying to finish my homework. That's also crazy. But, you know, it's it's a nice break to, to sit down on the Saturday nights and, and work on something else. And so I think I'm going to still do that. Unless I'm like, it's like the end of October and I'm really not done. And then I'm sorry, Nathan, that's not going to happen. But, but you know, there's, there's six weeks between now and Thanksgiving, um, Canadian Thanksgiving. 
which is mid-October, it, it's a possibility. There's a lot of possibilities right now. So feeling really good about it. Anyway, I'm going to try and get, I've got it in the frame right now. I'm going to try and get the one divider finished at least today, uh, because then that's at least complete. And then I can move on to the scenes and, uh, and go from there. I did take a look at the, um, instructions, the filling in instructions for the tree, uh, that the boar is tied to. I'm very glad that there's a picture along with the instructions because there's no way I would have filled it incorrectly without the picture. Because it's a little, there's a lot of lines and not all of the sections have a fill-in color letter attached to them. Yeah, well, it's, it's just an instruction problem, that's all. So I'm glad there's the picture, I'll be able to get it all figured out. But I'll try and get the divider finished and then maybe start on the tree or maybe start on the boar. I haven't quite decided yet, so... Tapestry is coming along, and that makes me happy. Thank you for joining me for episode 44. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 45 on September 21st, 2014. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion in our group on Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at ness, as in Loch Ness, at bythefiberside.com. Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside.